Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, Husker fans. Welcome to episode 223 of the Husker Football Fan Podcast. I'm Mike Harvat. I'm Justin Swanson. Today, we talked to Evan Bland, Husker sports writer at the Omaha World Herald, about what to expect at this weekend's Open to the Public practice event. You can find us on the web at Husker Pod or by searching Husker Football Fan Podcast on Facebook. You can also connect with us on Twitter by following at Husker Pod or email us at huskerpod at gmail.com. This episode is brought to you by Central Nebraska Buffalo. Check out their website for their latest deals at cmbuffalo.com. Also brought to you by Monty Rohde with Pinnacle Realty in Lincoln. Looking to buy or sell a home in Lincoln or know somebody who is? Hit up Monty at 402-770-3356. We're really excited to welcome Evan Bland, Husker sports writer at the Omaha World Herald, to the show. Evan, welcome. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Our pleasure. Thanks for being here. So so the reason we've, we've got you here today is uh, there's an open practice this, this Saturday that I'm going to be going to. Mike's un- unable to make it. Um, I know a number of Husker fans are, are going to be going. And outside of a spring football practice, you know, a spring game, which I know many have gone to, I can't think of another time when a practice has been open to fans. And so I just don't, I don't know what to look for. And I'm curious, I'm guessing other fans are going to walk into this wide-eyed. And so we're, we're curious if you can help us think about what, what should we look for? What, what, do we, what should we expect at something like this? Well, yeah, you're right. It's been a long time since Nebraska's had an open practice outside of the red-white game. I was talking with some colleagues about it, and uh, it just doesn't, hasn't really happened. So it, it's certainly not a, a financial motivation because this is a free event for fans to show up to. I think really it's just kind of a chance for the, the football program, the university, to give fans a chance to be back. I mean, you think how long has it been since a crowd has been able to actually watch the Huskers play football? I think you got to go back all the way to essentially Black Friday 2019 against mm-hmm. Iowa since that's happened. That's, that's a long time. So I think there'll be a, a kind of a cathartic uh, element to Saturday and, and, and just this chance for people to lay eyes physically on guys that they haven't seen in a long time. So that's, you know, I think part of it, and, and Scott Frost alluded to this uh, earlier this week uh, in his post-practice chat with us, just this idea that, uh, you know, recruiting will play a factor too. I mean, they, they've been behind the scenes for a long time. Um, having an open practice like this gives people a chance to talk about what the program is doing, what they see, generates some excitement. Uh, I know Ernest Hausman, one of the 2022 commits out of Columbus is going to be there. He tweeted that he's excited to show up and, and see what's going on. Uh, he, he figures to be a, a pretty big peer recruiter for this class as it goes along. So, you know, that's part of this deal too. Um, you know, Scott said that uh, it'll probably be pretty vanilla as you would expect. They're not going to be opening up <clears throat> the playbook to <laughs> what they might be doing this fall at this thing, but probably, uh, but. Vanilla, but probably not like Bob Diaco. I'm not going to show my defense in the spring game, Vanilla, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, they'll probably run their offense, right? Okay. But, um, you know, there, I think there's a lot to watch, like mostly on the offense, right? Like you want to see how Adrian Martinez is looking. Uh, we've heard some chatter from players that they are taking more deep shots. Cam Taylor-Britt, the corner, said 
earlier this week, you know, we're actually having to run downfield to defend this year. So that I was, loved that he used oh, the word actually. <laughs> yeah. We actually are going downfield to defend. So what does the passing game look like? Uh, you know, people haven't seen Omar Manning outside of a few practice videos. So seeing what he looks like in real life as an actual person will be neat. What did the running back situation look like? The backup quarterbacks, you know, we, we haven't really seen Logan Smothers in action at all. And he's the presumptive number two. So if Adrian goes down with some sort of injury, what does his backup look like? This is our first chance to check that out too. So that's just a few, but yeah, there's, there's all kinds of stuff to watch this weekend. Should be fun. Um, you know, we, we were just talking about fans having access. When is the last time a reporters had access to a full practice? I mean, is that, that's gotta be pretty rare too, right? A full practice. Yes, that would be rare. Uh, you get like we, snippets. Yeah, we get the, the, the 30 minutes or so at the beginning of practices uh, a couple times a spring, usually had one earlier this spring and it's their standard. Scott Frost calls it a, their stretch period or their warm up period uh, where they do their perfect jumping jack and they get the blood flowing and they go through some drills. But for the most part, yeah, it doesn't it doesn't tell you anything beyond how guys are moving, who's suited up, who's not that sort of thing. Um, boy, you, I think maybe maybe Mike Riley had an open practice uh, or two. In fact, I think he did that in the spring. They had some of their full scrimmages uh, the Saturday or two before the spring game. Those were open to the media. So I think that would be the last time, probably the spring of uh, 2017, now that I think about it. So, uh, and, and truthfully, I think you often get more from the, these sort of open practices than you do the actual spring game because the, the scrimmage itself is often, uh, you know, a part of it's for show and they, they draft teams and things like that. But if Nebraska is sticking to its standard format for a spring, I mean, this is the sort of weekend uh, where you're really going to – see how they value guys a little bit more. You're going to get a glimpse of depth charts. Uh, you know, guys are going to be, I, I think, competing. Um, I don't know what the best way to say it would be. Maybe in a more pure way, like this is just, they're still trying to earn spots. This isn't necessarily putting on a show for a fan. This is these guys really trying to impress coaches and and uh, earn some playing time down the road. So, yeah, it, it'll be fun. It'll be an interesting dynamic with just 4,000 there and, and kind of seeing what that setup will be like will be new and different, but you know, if you're Nebraska and the goal is to get people to talk about what's going on and, and, and to generate some excitement, I think this is just the thing uh, that'll do that. I think that's a really good point because, you know, we talk so often about how valuable these spring practices are. And, and of course the spring game is uh, a lot of time. It's just like, Hey, Hey, everybody look, look at what we've been doing, but this is where they're, you know, they can't waste this practice. I'm sure like you were saying, they're not going to show everything, but there's going to be, real uh, competition on the field in terms of, you know, people hustling and, and trying to get their spot on the team. Yeah. And, and you can hear that and see that in some of the interviews that we've had. I mean, again, Cam Taylor Britt talking about the other corner battle. He said, man, it's, it's rough. And he said, when I say rough, I mean, it's really tough competition with three, four five guys battling for time. You look at the running back position, it's wide open playing time at receiver is open. What's backup quarterback look like? There are line battles, uh, particularly offensive line on the interior. Um, you know, you, you want to see what a guy like Daniel Cerny, the punter, looks like after he was injured all of last year. Um, he, he was a guy that Nebraska felt good about, good enough about to put on scholarship. And so we haven't seen at all what he might be able to do. So what's, what's his status? And so, yeah, I mean, and, and then it's all compounded by the fact that these guys last year got two unpadded practices and then were shoved into an abbreviated season 
starting in October. And so these guys have had no time to experiment, to tinker, to, to move around to different positions, to show what they can do outside of this compressed window where they're getting ready for an opponent. Uh, so yeah, this is, it, it springs important anyway, but especially when you consider what's happened in this last year, it's, it's really critical as they figure out what they have and maybe what the best combination of guys will be heading into this fall. As I'm envisioning what's going to be going on on the field, I suppose a chunk of it will be kind of look like chaos. I'm thinking to, to those Friday night lights uh, camps where there's different drills going on all over the field. I imagine something like that with like a break breakdown into position groups and, you know, only maybe towards the end, do you have, you know, 11 on 11, good on good type of thing. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's probably the way it'll go. They had a scrimmage last Friday where they got in 120, 130 plays is what Scott Frost said. Uh, so I think it, it remains to be seen how much of this particular practice will be scrimmaging and how much will be drill work. But certainly, I mean, this is a program that prides itself on going fast on that kind of warp speed sort of philosophy. And they, they approach that in their drills. So, you know, one minute guys are going to be uh, doing seven on seven work the next minute, they're going to be split up into position groups. Uh, it, it moves pretty quick. And so it is kind of fun to see um, the organization that comes together. Obviously they've done these sort of practices in this sort of format for a number of years now. So it is kind of cool. It's something different fans get to see with their own eyes that they, again, they normally wouldn't get to see maybe a little bit in pregame warmups in the fall, but um, yeah, it's just, it's a chance for fans to reconnect to, to players and um it's just, it's, I think there's going to be things that come out of it that we don't even think of right now. There's probably going to be a guy or two that steps up uh, that we're not talking about, or, um, you know, someone's not going to play that we don't know about. And I think that's part of the fun of this thing is we can observe that ourselves, right? Like yeah. so often the, the dialogue of this program the last year has been what have people told us is going on. And so this is one of those rare chances where we actually can observe uh, as media, as fans ourselves, what's going on and draw some more educated conclusions than maybe we're normally able to. That, that's funny. So we're, we're recording Tuesday morning and Monday afternoon, Frost gave some comments and talked up some different players. And it's so funny to see on social media, Husker fans react to any positive talk. Like people just don't, don't even want to hear positive things because they feel like they're being sold a lie or you know, hype. And, and so, yeah, we can make some conclusions on our own. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, Every, every time Scott Frost says, hey, we, this might have been the best, uh, you know, Logan Smothers has looked at Nebraska. This is the best. The wide receiver group has looked at Nebraska. <laughs> you know, some, some guys in the media, we can kind of look at each other and be like, oh, boy, this is going to make the rounds on social media. And, Scott and, you know, wasn't going to say these things anymore. Right. And, and, you know, he may very well, it may very well be true. Like, we don't yeah. know. We're not in practice. But when it doesn't translate to what you see on the field on fall Saturdays, yeah, I mean, you, you get a little – frustrated with it. And I, I know Scott Frost is a guy who I think is more in touch with what people are saying on social media uh, than maybe a lot of coaches. He's, he's, he's aware of <laughs> you have a burner account. You think? I don't know. Maybe I, he has a lot of, a lot of different guys uh, giving him updates within the program. So hey, it could be, huh. who knows? That's the fun. This is bringing me back to those rumors that, uh, that like Callahan would bring printouts of forum posts with him on the plane and just read through them on the way home and stuff like that. I don't know if you guys ever heard that back in the day, but pre Twitter for sure. <laughs> that would be, I mean, yeah, maybe that would be, that would be amazing stuff. There's, you know, Bo had a lot of behind the scenes 
interactions with uh, with media and fans too. Um, you know, I was uh, when I was some a, of it taped. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, certainly that's true, and it's all it's all on brand, man. I I went to the university in the mid two thousands, and I worked at the Daily Nebraskan for Bo's first year there, and uh, someone in our our paper ran a ran an editorial totally separate from the sports department once criticizing his. Uh, discipline uh, or his lack of uh, transparency with some disciplinary actions with a player. And Bo called our, our little daily Nebraska newsroom the next morning. And the poor guy who answered, I could hear Bo screaming through the phone that he was holding away from his ear from 10 feet away. So yeah, there's, there are all, there are all kinds of stories like that uh, in the last few years with Nebraska coaches. Oh man. Um, Do uh, for this practice, our media on the sideline or where, where are you guys going to be? We haven't be in the honestly, We haven't heard honestly how that's going to go. Uh, we've been in the press box just for the the football games last fall. They haven't allowed us uh, back there this spring. Typically, we're able to go up there and work on occasion if necessary. But they're using the west side of Memorial Stadium for a lot of uh, uh, COVID testing sites still for the for the uh, on campus operations. And so we haven't been able to get up there. I don't know if that'll change. On Saturday, I would prefer to kind of be down in the stands and roaming around. I mean, with just 4,000 people, there's there's no reason. Uh, I mean, there's there's plenty of room for everybody, right? Yeah. So uh, I, I like it down there. I like to kind of hear what's going on, and uh, you get a better sense for, for how things are playing out, certainly. But I don't know. It, it'll be different. It'll be fun. I, I just, this last week, got back onto the field uh, after Monday's post-practice. That was the first time I'd been down there since the end of the 2019 season because they media weren't allowed on the field at all last year. So, um, you know, it, it was cool to get back. And, and I think the, the reporting is better. Uh, the dialogue, the, the information that the fans have is better um, when there's more access. And I think this is just another chance for that to happen. You mentioned, you mentioned the putter, hunter. I think that one of the things I'm personally most curious is just what this new enthusiasm for specialty looks like. And, and Taylor Britt doesn't ever want to field a package if he could. Um, I appreciate that. I don't know if you, if uh, coach Frost wants him on every, you know, you got to protect one of your best players. So um, I'll be really curious to see what that balance looks like of, of spreading out your best players who are eager to make an impact and having effective special teams. Well, yeah. I mean, like it's interesting because the message <clears throat> of the, or this idea that starters should be on special teams and should want to be on special teams that was that was part of the culture or whatever you want to call it when Scott Frost came in, in uh, 2018. But the problem was they didn't have enough depth or at least perceived depth to to execute that vision. And so it feels like now that they've stacked a number of, of what have been called top 25 classes, uh, that they're able to fill out those special teams with actual scholarship, high higher end athlete types. And, and really, even as recently as 2019, I mean, you look at the composition of some of these special teams units, half of half of them generally have been made up of walk-ons or former walk-ons. And so, you know, I think that's, that's a reflection that speaks to the depth or or lack thereof that Nebraska had. Um, But in in a sense too, it it spoke to kind of the lack of urgency that they had there, because if they really felt like it was critical for them to have the best guys there, they would have found a way to put more scholarship guys in that spot. And I think, now that the, the depth has increased, now that there's certainly a clear emphasis on special teams, given how Nebraska has lost some games the last few years, um, you know, you, you would hope that would change. 
I, I personally was surprised in the offseason that they didn't hire a designated special teams coordinator. It felt like that was something that would have been prudent for the staff to do. And that when you look at the rest of the makeup of the staff, uh, they could have found room to bring in a coordinator um, based on how they designate the roles, but they didn't. They, they, they gave Mike Dawson that job and he did a, a sound job of that uh, or has experience doing that at the college level previously. So players are saying the right things, right? They're saying that the, the emphasis is better and that they want to do a good job and that they're focusing on it more. Um, but just like anything else, we're going to, we're going to see, right. We're going to see what it looks like in the fall. And, and that's going to be the ultimate uh, measuring stick. That's interesting that you bring up that it was a part of the culture. I do remember now that you mentioned it, Trey Neal coming in and being like, Oh yeah, you know, I expect to be on special teams and that I'm proud of that. And so I remember that being a a factor. So yeah, I hadn't really thought about yet how that, has faded and now reemerged. And I guess, yeah, you can tie that to, to recruiting. Can I ask you guys a question? Of course. How, how do you guys uh, consume Husker football? Like, especially when you're not able to go to a game, how do you guys make heads or tails of what, what to believe, what to see? How, how does that look like for you guys uh, in the last year or two? Uh, you know, it's, of course it depends on the time of year. Hmm. Um, spring is hard. And I'm going to answer this kind of as a, from a podcasting perspective, not just as a fan, spring is a hard time because you, unlike this practice, you never see anything. So, and then also you and the media see very little too. So you and your colleagues are reporting uh, and you're hearing most of the same interviews. And so then we are listening to all of your articles about all of the same interviews and it feels super derivative. So spring is, is challenging. Um, how do we, how, how do you consume Mike? <laughs> I was going to say that the short answer for me, you know, other than watching press conferences and, you know, reading articles and, you know, watching little blurbs on, on the nightly news. Uh, I'll just be honest. A lot of it's Twitter. <laughs> a lot of it's Reddit. Um, um, I used to spend a lot more time on Huskerpedia now Husker Max um and their forums and things like that but <clears throat> nowadays I, I probably spend more time just looking at at reddit and and different threads you know if, if something's breaking oftentimes I'll, I'll check both twitter and reddit at the same time to see what's going on um but you know a lot of the times people are just linking to something that uh, <laughs> a reporter has tweeted you know and then there's all kinds of commentary on that i think we yeah. lean on legacy media um, my household has digital subscriptions to the World Herald and the Journal Star. Um, there's so many subscriptions you can have right now that uh, we've decided to support local media. Um, so I don't know. I feel like, honestly, Evan, this is the first time we've talked, but I feel like I know you because I listen to Pixix podcast every time you put it out. Oh, yeah. Just following. So we follow, yeah, we follow a lot of sports reporters. Um, so social media is big. And also we try to, listen to this beat reporters covering the different opponents that we're playing to have a more well-rounded view of the conference. And um, we used to, we used to lean on SP plus a lot back when it was S and P plus. Um, and since Bill went over to ESPN, the, the granularity is gone and to the point where, and then it went behind a paywall on top of that this fall. So we linked along, but mm. um, that that reason that was a blow because that helped you get really specific on some stuff and, and consume things with the, in in your own way instead of having to do it through the filter of 
reporting. Um, and, or, you know, of course, there's watching and rewatching games, but when you lose so often, even rewatching games gets fatiguing. And, and I don't mean to hijack your guys' podcast. I did have one other question, though. If you, if, Go if for you it. Yeah, no, it's a conversation. <clears throat> what aspect of, of when you're talking about consuming uh, stuff about Nebraska football, when, when you follow the team, what interests you guys more? Is it the analytical pieces, the statistical stuff? Is it the personal stories of some of these guys? Um, what kind of aspect of coverage most fascinates you guys as you learn about the team, as you discuss it, what, what brightens you guys up? What, you know, what uh, gives you guys enthusiasm for it? You know, um, I have never cared for like the human interest pieces. Like I just don't care. (laughs) Um, I want to know what's going on uh, at practice. I want to know what to expect for, you know, this upcoming game. That's the stuff that I care about. You know, I always, I always talk on this podcast about how I don't care about the X's and O's, but the the big part of that though, is I need somebody to tell me what you know, how to interpret this stuff. Um, you know, I'm not quite as knowledgeable as somebody who's played the game or somebody who's studied it formally. So uh, I really lean on the expertise of others to tell me to what to look out for and what to expect for, you know, this fall or this next upcoming game or, or whatever opponent we're facing. Um, so, so that's the stuff that I'm looking for. Um, I could care less about like, it's been a long, hard road for so-and-so, but he finally made it and yada, yada like, cool. That's great. You know, but you know, but did he score a touchdown? So, exactly. <laughs> so that's, that's kind of my take. I don't know, uh, Justin, if you want to yeah. piggyback on that. I mean, I think the most valuable things for me are that kind of reporting and analysis combo. I think Sam's Rewind is maybe one of the best things on a weekly basis. No doubt. Um, Derek's old mad chatter was really helpful. Honestly, a piece you did about the baseball team uh, a couple weeks ago and why, just as you've talked about, or your Mortal Kombat analogy about how like the, the, the opponents are getting tougher. Like that metaphor was really helpful for me to understand the trajectory of the season. And, um, and then like Tom Chattel's piece, I think over the weekend or maybe yesterday about, um, about how Bolt got the 20, 2001 team together. And he kind of used that as a microcosm or an example of how the, this season could work. Mm-hmm. Those are really helpful. So kind of that meeting, a little reporting, a little analysis, with a nice story wrapped in um, the human interest stories. I'm a little more interested in them, um, but sorry, Justin. No, that's a, no, everybody's different. <laughs> I do like, I, I feel like the, the fun of Nebraska football is the narrative, the narratives. Well, tell me this. How did you guys become uh, Nebraska fans uh, to the point to where you're doing a podcast? How did, where did this passion spring from? I was born into it. Uh, family. I, we actually we did a podcast a, a month ago, maybe where I talked to my, my dad and my grandpa and then brought in grandma and my mom and then brought in my kids to kind of like track the genealogy of that. So I, grandpa started paying attention when he was a kid. My dad went to grad school in Lincoln here in the early eighties and started having tickets at that point. And so I grew up in a house where we always went to the games. So it's just kind of part of, part of life and carried on that passion. And I, love stories and reading and was half English lit half journalism undergrad. And so, yeah, 
have an appreciation for all that. Love reading Tom and Lee and all those guys growing up. And so, yeah. How about you? My earliest Husker memory is going to a uh, party. I always forget which, like which year it must've been 94. Yeah. uh, 94 orange bowl. And all the adults were upstairs watching Nebraska play Florida state. And, you know, I'm hanging out with my friends downstairs and I just remember like being at that party and thinking to myself, I think I'm more interested in football than what my friends are doing. And so I went upstairs and I watched, you know, the second half of this game and watched this whole drama unfold with, you know, the missed field goal and the heartbreak and everything. And so that was my introduction really properly to Husker football. And so like the whole unfinished business narrative was that was me jumping in, you know, the perfect time to become a Husker fan. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then it just so happened, you know, a couple of years later, I, I met Justin in middle school and he offered to, you know, his parents said, Hey, you want to take Mike to a game? And uh, from there on out, you know, Justin and I have been um, following the team kind of to together ish, you know, you know, always talking about it. Um, and that's really what, the genesis of this podcast was, was a a few years back, we would text all the time during games, just back and forth about what we think about this, that, and the other that's going on. And at one point, finally, it was just like, why don't we just do a podcast? And like, we're already talking about this stuff. So what's the harm in throwing a microphone in front of ourselves and throwing it out there and see what the universe has to think. Um, And honestly, back, back in 2015, when we launched, you know, I, there's like a million Husker podcasts right now, but there was a little bit of a drought. You know, I was big into, you know, I've talked about this on the podcast before, but I, I've, I was big into like there was like Husker Locker and the Huskers Game Day podcast, but they fizzled out and there really wasn't much of anything in terms of fan based podcasts for a while. Um, and then we we had this novel idea of like, why don't we do it? And then every everybody else was thinking the it. same yeah. thing. You know, <laughs> no, we didn't invent it, but I'm like. Kidding. Everybody else was like, we were just riding that wave of everybody else realizing at the same time, like, hey, podcasting's a thing. Let's do this. <laughs> hmm. it's, been, it's been interesting to see a lot of podcasts come and go. There's been a lot. There are a lot. It's, uh, and we always say, especially we made a lot of friends in kind of the Husker fan podcast space, like there's endless that, uh, desire for, for more Husker football content. So it's, uh, you can't have too many, I don't think. Yeah, I, I would tend to agree. And, and I hear you about, <clears throat> uh, you know, talking about it with friends. Like I, like I said, I went to Nebraska. I have a lot of friends who are pretty diehard Husker fans too. And I've had a, a group chat with a, a number of guys for, for years. Um, but I've learned over the, over the last couple that uh, I've had to tell them, look, when, when the game comes on, when Nebraska's playing football, you got to have your own separate text group because I can't engage in that while we're covering. Yeah. I'm getting blown up when they're talking about calls or the refs or, or whatever. So I've had to even learn, all right, love the passion. Um, take it over to this other group text for now, and then we can re-engage later on. So, so do yeah. you, when you're that talking on your friend's group text, do you, do you have to be like dispassionate to like maintain your journalistic integrity or something? Yeah. I mean, you know, I would not say when, when I went to Nebraska, when I was a freshman, when I was a sophomore, I was certainly a fan. I, went to the games. I sat in the student section. Um, you know, my college years were the Bill Callahan years, uh, oh. which was, which was a little rough, but, but honestly, like as a, a guy who's in media now, like 
once you start kind of going um, to practices, once you start talking to guys who are being recruited and, and you see kind of how, how the sausage is made, so to speak, uh, it, it takes away a lot of the kind of larger than life kind of awe factor of it. And you realize, you know, th- these, these are, these are people like when you're a kid, you look up at, at college and pro athletes as like, you know, idols in a lot of way, at least I did. But once they become your peers and now <laughs> once they become younger than we are, uh, I think it just, it changes the perspective. So for me, it's, it's not, it's not uh, coming from a fan perspective. It's coming from just kind of a, a general curiosity, like, are they doing well? Well, why, why are they doing well? Let's, let's look into that. Let's look into the context of how that happened or are they, why are they struggling? What's, what's gone on there? And it's not, it's not my job or the media's job to fix what the problem is, but if we can help identify it and help bring some understanding to the frustration of a loss, then, you know, hopefully we've, we've helped do our job and and bring some insight to people who care a lot about it. So I just think, there's a lot more uh, ambiguity to to Husker football. You know, I, again, to me, it's it's a good game day if there's some, if it's interesting, if something fascinating happens, if I can learn a little bit more about the human condition, or if I can learn a little bit more about football, or if I can learn a little bit more about you know a, a turning point in a season. Like that's the kind of stuff that fascinates me. And, and whether they lose or not, I, I personally don't lose sleep over it. But um, the the fascination is ongoing in the spring, in the summer, in the fall. Uh, I think that's, that's what I try to aspire to as a media guy is to, to keep that, keep stoking that curiosity, keep asking questions because you never know kind of what's, what's going to come next. Awesome. Well, I, I'm, I'm looking at the clock here. I know we're coming up on uh, our time together. So um, I guess I'll just take a moment to say thank you. You've been really generous with your time and thanks for asking us questions. That's fun too. Uh, yeah. Thanks enjoy. for having me. Love the love the conversation. Yeah, enjoy your first uh, practice. Your, your first practice is that what we said? Oh, you know, you maybe went to a practice when Riley was cut. Yeah, second okay. full practice. Enjoy so. your first practice in a while, and we'll enjoy our first practices ever. You guys are going, is that right? I am. You're going? Yeah. I unfortunately am working on Saturday, so ah, yeah, gotta pay the bills. No. Yeah. <laughs> right, Evan. Thank you so much. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. Thanks. Appreciate it. Thanks again to Mr. Bland for joining us on the podcast. Uh, it's nice to finally get to talk with him. I've been reading his work for years, so it's kind of neat. Yeah, really, really cool guy. Uh, and I, uh, I enjoyed him kind of flipping the script there and asking us some questions. That was uh, unexpectedly fun this morning. <laughs> and I'll, I'll be honest, I, I want to go on the record for saying I, I apologize for all the people who either read or even write said human interest pieces. I think I was a little little heavy handed in the way I delivered that, but, but I don't know. I just, um, unless it translates to something on the field, um, that I just, that's where my mind goes is like, okay, what's going on. If something in this person's story ha- informs the way he plays in some way, sure. I'll, I'll, I'll read about that. But you know, if somebody hasn't been changing their socks for the last month out of superstition, I don't care. Yeah, I guess I like to know about like connections to Nebraska, whether that's, uh, you know, the hometown, the small town, oh, sure. or if they're a second generation or their uncle or something. Okay. Yeah. I mean, so that kind of stuff, I guess I'm more interested in. Um, Everybody loves a homegrown Husker. Absolutely. Beyond that, I, I'll probably still read it, but I guess I'm less interested. <laughs>
with that, uh, I'm looking forward to this practice and uh, Mike will have to connect over the weekend uh, to talk about what, what, what we saw, or what I saw since you will not be with me. Yeah. Well, I'm sure, you know, I'll be uh, seeing plenty of video and commentary on, on social media. So I'll, I'll try to keep up with things that way. All right. Well, Mike, when you edit this, I hope you just edit your nuts off. <laughs> I would like to keep them. Thank you. I was really proud of, proud of my, uh, so Garrett, for those who don't live on social media, Garrett Nelson described the offensive line is blocking their nuts off. And I don't know someone else is running their nuts off or something. And I've said, if everybody keeps losing their nuts. We're going to go from having a bunch of studs to a bunch of buildings. And I'm really proud of that joke. <laughs> You're a nerd. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. So am I. That's why I'm laughing. So. Yeah. Nerds together. <laughs> well, with that, hey, go Big Red. Go Big Red. The Husker Football Fan Podcast is an unofficial, non-commercial podcast and is intended for educational and entertainment purposes only. The views expressed on this podcast belong solely to the individuals expressing them. The Husker Football Fan Podcast is not endorsed by or affiliated with the Nebraska Cornhuskers or the University of Nebraska. Nebraska.